Hello. Welcome. Bienvenue. <laughs> Welcome in. I, yeah, I, don't, I never know how to start these. Uh, this is The Hills Are Alive, a movie musical podcast, season two. Season two. I'm Alex. I'm Kelsey. I think we forgot to introduce ourselves last time. We probably never do. No, we usually do. I'm I'm Kelsey Jane, technically. I'm Alex Caress. That's the name I'm using in the press now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope everyone saw our full-page feature in the Nashville scene. Listen, I may be admitting to to being woefully uncool, but I was really, really excited about that. It's a big deal. I've lived in Nashville for 15 years, and I've read the scene for 15 years. It is the um, hallowed ground of Nashville publications. Right? Yeah. It was very exciting, and um, the only thing I could ever hope for beyond that is to go to the best of party. <laughs> oh my god. Someday. You've been, haven't you? Yes. Once. For? Um, when my album won the critics pick for best country album oh of the year god. in 2017. Oh my god. Crazy stuff, but... 2017 feels like... It wasn't that long ago, no. but it really was. It's almost five years ago. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's, mm. that's well. Anyways. Um, Getting we older. in the scene. Otherwise, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I mean, we just had our, you know, uh, daylight savings taken away. Um, it's very gloomy out. Feeling that. I just don't understand why it wasn't part of the infrastructure package deal like it's so the one thing heard, we all agree okay, upon so i heard that they are introducing like some bill now to like get rid of it like, are you it's serious actually go- this is what i heard it was a tweet so who knows but um well that is how that's how uh, news is yeah. relayed these <laughs> days um but yeah i mean it's like one of those things it's just it's just a win for everybody nobody likes it it's like fully bi- bi- bipartisan i mean i don't know i bet you know Somebody. It just seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. The only person who will be against it is, like, Ann Coulter or something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Any, is she still... Uh, I don't even know if she's still around. Yeah. I think it's, like, Ashley Owens is the, um, is the voice now. And there, well, there, yeah, there's... Anyways. <laughs> there's a lot of um, those horrible people. Anyway. So, welcome to season two. <laughs> Welcome to season two. The world is horrible. Mm-hmm. It gets dark really early, but we are here to discuss. You know what makes it better? Musicals. Musicals. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're jumping into season two with The Wizard of Oz. 1939. 19- so this is our representative film for the 30s. I'll be honest, mostly because I I don't know any older uh musicals yeah i mean i feel like a lot of musicals during this time were very um i don't know silly (sighs) right um yes yeah i mean they're just a different product yeah it's just different it's very um you know everything is very obviously on a soundstage and But it is uh, not dealing with the most serious themes. It's like slapping your knees and hobo songs and whatever. (laughs) 
menstrual numbers. Right. But I think in a, in a lot of ways, 1939 was a turning point for film in general. A sure. Lot of, a lot of people view it as one of the best years in film ever. So in 1939, we had The Wizard of Oz and uh, Gone with the Wind. Right. And actually, two of the directors on The Wizard of Oz left the project for Gone with the Wind. Another harrowing experience, right? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like with both pictures, um, it was a complete nightmare mm-hmm. behind the scenes, especially if you were an actress in right. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about the Wizard of Oz, now that you, and we're going to dive into this, but now that you know what you know, which was behind the scenes, was just terrifying, it how was, do you feel about the movie? It was a lot more difficult to watch. Yeah. Did you find that? So I did most of my research after watching it. Same. And while I was watching it, I was sort of, I went into it with like a, this one big question, which is... You know, this is one of the greatest movies of all time, but why is it one of the greatest movies of all time? Because when you just grow up with it, you don't really, I don't know, you don't really know what to compare it to. Right. It just sort of is. And I think that Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind have this in common, is that they're both, like, took on a lot production-wise and it was the point to to have these like landmark things with color and sets and huge casts and all that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. And um, they were obviously very successful at what they did. Mm-hmm. But so I went into it just sort of wondering, like, you know, from today's perspective, why do we still love it so much? Right. When I finished watching it, and, and throughout watching it, I remember thinking, like, you know what? This is delightful. Yeah. Like, this is a, a very good story. Yeah. It's just a nice story. And it, I remember it's it. It's succinct and yeah. uh, the songs are good. I remember it, like, as a kid being l- a much more of an epic. It moves along at a It really clip. does. <laughs> it really does. Almost to the point where you're just like, I if this were like a more of a an adult film, I would be asking way more questions. Right. But it's a kids movie, so we're just gonna let it go. Right. Um, but they just really just jumped right into things. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I I remember it being a lot longer too. Yeah, but it's, it, it's really not. It seemed like an odyssey, you <laughs> yeah, know. It did. <laughs> but it really, did. really, it's only an hour and forty minutes long. Yeah. Which is. Uh, I, I When I went to HBO Max to watch it, I was expecting the number to pop up and be like... Two and two a half. Hour, t- well, yeah, like two, two and a half, something like that. But yeah. an hour 40, I was surprised. That's what I was expecting as well. Mm-hmm. When I finished watching it and started researching about behind the scenes and I realized how traumatic the experience was yeah. for Judy Garland and... Um, for many of the other actors as well, yeah. the primary actors, um, it makes it a lot harder to watch. Yeah. I feel like it's part of like our national lexicon at this point that yeah. that this movie was a nightmare to make and that like people were treated badly and people were injured and, you know, all that kind of thing. 
There's a really great SNL character, and I, I don't remember her name, but Kate um, uh, Kate McKinnon does her, and she's just an older actress oh, from yeah. the Golden Era. Yes, and she's a. <laughs> Yeah. And she's always opposite, like, modern actual actresses. Like, they'll have Emma Stone or, you know, whomever, or Gal Gadot right. on to talk about their experiences in the world of film. And right. she's always she's talking like, about just being abused. <laughs> right. And... She's like, and that's when we bent over for our daily spankings. And... <laughs> but then you read about what happened on the set of The Wizard of Oz, and you're like, oh, okay. No, yeah, they is... really were just like physically and verbally attacking women. Right. <laughs> just, you know, just cause. I was, That's what moves the show along. So in my uh, research about Judy Garland for this, I was very disappointed in Mickey Rooney. Mm. Because she had said, you know, that, that from a child, from a child that they had had her on amphetamines for energy, Barbiturates for sleep, blah, blah, blah. And that they were given to her by the studio. And Mickey Rooney was like, um, he he said that Mr. Mayer never gave us anything like that. She she chose her own path, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they had a lot of power over their actors back then. And and I'm not necessarily trying to defend Mickey Rooney, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was terrified of losing his contract but this was with like, the studio. This was af- oh, like after, way she, after later. she died. He was Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's full of shit. Yeah. It was like Yeah, it was after he died, she she he was basically like after she died, he was basically like, Well, she she chose that. Like that was her Mm-mm. lifestyle choice. Mm-mm. They never tried no, to No, she these was things. sixteen and they put her on a chicken broth only diet. And lettuce. And, yeah, and gave her, and still gave her on top of that, diet pills, amphetamines, and then downers so she could pass out for a few hours. Right. I mean, she, like, describes one day where she was with Mickey Rooney, Mm -hmm. and they, like, gave them pills to make them go to sleep for four hours, and then they woke them up and gave them, like, some amphetamines to keep going for another (laughs) 72-hour Uh, you can't even call that a day. Seventy-two hour block from, of days. But from from Mickey Rooney's perspective, like he was probably treated much better. Probably because... and probably paid a lot more. Yeah. So her counterparts, uh, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Cowardly Lion, mm-hmm. they were making three thousand dollars a week. She was making five hundred. <sighs> five hundred, and she's the lead in every scene. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> and I, I don't want to compare necessarily. I don't want to say that this is even worse, but it's just also notable that um, the dog Toto was making more than the Munchkin actors. Oh, I think I've heard that statistic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Somewhere between, like, maybe $25 more or two times as much. I think it's closer to $25. Um, based upon the reading I did, but it's hard to say. Weren't a bunch of munchkins, like, injured or something? Not that I could... Not that I found, no. There's a lot of really crazy rumors about the munchkin actors and actresses. There's the one big rumor, which has obviously been disproved at this point. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> oh, but I guess they weren't they weren't burned at the same time that um, the Wicked Witch was burned. What was the actress's name? Uh, Margaret Hamilton. Margaret Hamilton. I think yeah. is her name. I know it's Hamilton. I'm not sure about she Margaret. She was like severely burned to the point where she had to be like taken off set for like six weeks or something. Yeah, and she wasn't the first. Yeah. So should we go ahead and just jump into the recap? Yeah, absolutely. And sort of, um, yeah, work our way through all of the. <laughs> trauma that trauma. happened as they were filming these scenes and the rumors <laughs> yeah all right so we open um with an overture i think it starts with um somewhere over the rainbow probably i i will say i was delighted um to go back to the old overture plus credits yes opening i kind of missed that for a minute and the really cool kind of um they weren't with the black and white. They weren't stuck to like a single black and white hue. It ha- it has this sort of like it's more sepia, sepia tone. Yeah, yeah. and it's so really this shot with tone. the clouds going by is really, yeah, really beautiful. By the way, all of the people that they're crediting, so they credit Victor Fleming as the director, and I think that he did have the majority of input on the film. But they went through four directors. What is it with all of these movies going? They were just like direct- sw- like so. The studios had contracts with artists, right. with writers, directors, producers, actors, and actresses. So they and could just like swap them out, and it wouldn't be exactly. Any, it wouldn't really be they any could just swap them out, and sometimes they would trade them like more like sports teams. Right. I guess they trade them with other studios. Yeah. Have pinch hitters and <laughs> yeah, bring in a closer. No, seriously, <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. Because they 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 brought in this guy George. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's Cuker Cucker Cuker C U K O R. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought him like in temporarily, but it was only it was always just intended to be Temporary. for a few weeks, yeah. and and then he went, he left to go do Gone with the Wind, and then Victor Fleming left to go do Gone with the Wind, and then Victor Fleming won the Academy Award for Gone with the Wind. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> and then like the last guy to direct it was his name is King Vidor. King. V-I-D-O-R. That sounds right. Yeah, King Vidor. Um, and he, I don't think he, he actually did a whole lot, but he was, oh, he did like the, the sepia Kansas right. scenes. Which, by the way, this piggybacking off of, <laughs> off of the director issue, uh, they had over 10 screenwriters. And the Kansas scenes in the very beginning were written by... Um, What's his name? Mankiewicz. Mankiewicz? Mankiewicz. There is that movie Mank. Yes. About him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote the screenplay with Orson Welles for Citizen Kane. Right. Okay. He also was involved in this film, but he's uncredited. Yeah. The three that got credited are Edgar Van Woof, Florence Ryerson, and... A woman. Maybe. I don't know. Names were weird back then. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I have a grandpa named Lauren. Yeah, I mean, even in Gone with the Wind, you have um, Ashley. Exactly. Played by someone named Leslie. The sexiest. <laughs> um, and then Noel Langley is the third credited screenwriter. But anyways, yeah, there's just a lot of chaos. Yeah, 
A lot of swapping them in and out. Swapping them in and out. So the movie starts with this quote that stays on the screen for a while for you to read it. And it says, for nearly 40 years, this story has given faithful service to the young in heart. And time has been powerless to put its kindly philosophy out of fashion. To those of you who have been faithful to it in return, and to the young in heart, we dedicate this picture. Yeah, I never noticed that when I watched it when I was younger. Same. Uh, Although I don't know why I would have. Yeah. Probably couldn't read. Yeah. Get us to the story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we open with... I don't I don't even know that we really have to recap this, but we can just yeah, Dor- work Dorothy, through it really quickly. Yeah, Dor- Dorothy Gale. Yeah, she's um, running down the road with her dog. Something has just happened with Miss Gulch. Miss Gulch hit the dog mm-hmm. because Toto was chasing her cat or something. Right. Miss Gulch is a real bee. Digging up her gardens or whatever. So, yeah, she runs home and she's like, on down, on down. Everyone is busy. Aunt Em and Uncle, Uncle Henry, Henry are busy. Then she goes to talk to the stagehands, who are uh, Zeke, Hunk, and Hickory. Yeah, right? exactly. They are also busy. Everyone's busy working on the farm. Everyone is very busy. Um, so she um, is, you know, a little despondent. She has to sing about something at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so this song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, original song for the movie, I think perhaps the first actual Academy Award winner for Best Original Song that we have talked about. Really? It actually won. It actually won. It won. <laughs> it came true. As it should have. Yes. I mean, obviously, one of the... I mean, yeah, they almost the be- cut it. Which is crazy. I know. But they just thought that it wasn't, like, fun enough or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a point in time where they were going to go a more modern um, approach with it. Like, yeah. they were going to have a whole song called The Jitterbug, where they would do The Jitterbug. Well, I thought um, The Jitterbug was part of a scene later on, with like the, because there are jitterbugs. Uh, I was in The Wizard of Oz. Well, <laughs> um when I, uh, when I, I don't know, sometime when I was in uh, like junior high or something, and um, there is a song called "The Jitterbug," um, but it was in this scene in Oz where are there's like this jitterbug land that they that they travel through where there are jitterbugs and they do the jitterbug, but I think that they they took the song that was cut from the movie and they put it into the 1987. Uh, Broadway adaptation. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that checks out. But that's later on. Um, but Somewhere <laughs> Over the Rainbow. Somewhere Over the Rainbow is uh, one of the most <laughs> enduring songs of our time. Yeah. A, I mean, a classic. I mean, a, a, the classic. You it's know kind I mean? of hard not not to love that song. It's so good. I mean, I truly mean, I think you have to actively, like, will yourself to, to be an asshole, to not enjoy yeah, I that mean, song. It's beautiful. And did you ever um, did you ever watch uh, Howard on Disney Plus about Howard Ashman? No. Who, who was one of the... He was one of the um, Disney songwriters during the Disney Renaissance in the 90s. Okay. 
so he like he wrote a part of your world and he wrote um what is the song that bell sings at the beginning um i want adventure in the <laughs> yeah i don't know the name of it but i like that song so he has i mean so he was like a big part of the the disney renaissance um but this movie is really sure. sad he he died of hiv and like uh, he in the middle of production on Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Very sad stuff. But he has this quote that I thought was really applicable to Somewhere of the Rainbow. And it, yeah. it gives me chills. He said, in almost every musical ever written, there's a place that's usually about the third song of the evening. Sometimes it's second. Sometimes it's the fourth. But it's quite early. And the leading lady usually sits down on something. Sometimes it's a tree stump in Brigadoon. Sometimes it's under the pillars of Covent Garden in My Fair Lady, or it's a trash can in Little Shop of Horrors. But, hmm. the, but the leading lady sits down on something and sings about what she wants in life. And the audience falls in love with her and then roots for her to get it for the rest of the night. That is lovely. Right? I really like that. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's taken from the history of, of musicals, but it makes a lot of sense, you know, why those, like, part of your world and stuff... I have so much impact in those movies. Right. Right. So anyway. Um, I'll just piggyback off of that and say that there is a Pixar short called Lava uh-huh. that uses the Hawaiian ukulele version. Mm-hmm. My goodness, if you want a Pixar that's going to make you cry in five minutes or less, Lava. go watch Lava. Oh. Yeah. Holy crap. It's It's... I'm glad, that, I'm glad there's finally a place for them to put the, all shorts. the shorts. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I don't know where you would have watched them before. Well, when I worked at Blockbuster back in the day, when mm-hmm. Blockbuster was a thing, um, they would release DVD collections. Oh, really? Of Pixar shorts. Yeah. So I always made sure to take those home. Anywho. So anyway, she sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It's very poignant. You know what she wants. She wants, you know... And this is the song that really makes Judy Garland. Yes. Judy Garland. Right. And sets her apart as a vocalist where yeah. where like the rest of the movie doesn't really. There's No, I mean it's not the the music is um I, forgive me for saying this but simple. Yeah, and it's nothing I mean it's all it, it's kind of like talk sing there's not there's not much range to any of it it's very you know right like they wound up switching out tin mans um there were two different actors technically three which we'll get to by there were at least uh two different actors for that role and they left in the old actors vocals because quite frankly it doesn't matter right and he like the, the tin man's voice to me sounded like the most like a trained voice the other people just kind of sounded like oh well funny you should say that because most likely well it depends on which song you're listening to yeah they redid the solos but whenever he's just singing the chorus oh it's okay. the last it's the oh, okay. first actor oh, okay so he did the one who's in it did do his like solos and like if I yes had a jack haley yeah i think that's his name jack haley yeah he did re-record the solos oh, okay yeah. Yeah. But it's only a few lines. He had a pretty voice, though. Yeah, sure. Um, so, anyway, 
obviously this is a star-making moment for Judy Garland. Miss Gulch shows up. Miss mm-hmm. Gulch is a total B. Mm-hmm. We she get, shows up on her bike. We get the the song for the first time. Yeah, and she's hellbent on literally her words destroying a dog. She said the dog needs to be destroyed. Yes. Yeah, she has gotten um, a paper, uh, like uh, some sort of decree from the sheriff, right? Ordering that this dog be seized. Yeah, and uh, destroyed. I mean, I mean, these laws are pretty much still in place. If somebody's dog bites you, like. You can have them put down if, I mean, right? I mean, it's a lot harder than that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. No. <laughs> like, give legal advice. No. Um, no. Uh, you can sue somebody. Right. For sure. Yeah. But this was a situation where she went to the city and got an order to take the dog and destroy it. And I will go on the record and say I I see that as unlikely in Nashville. Right. I don't think it is likely that the city will <laughs> seize your dog and destroy it. I just I found it funny that that she would go herself to get the dog rather than having the city do it, you know. Yeah, if typically she, you'd think the if she has would such a, show up with a yeah. If she has such a bad relationship with this dog, then why does she want to take it? Well, she's a bad bitch, That's honestly. True. That's true. Um, she fights her own fights. Mm-hmm. So once the once um, Annie M and Uncle Henry see the notice from the sheriff's office they know that they have to right and she threatens to sue the farm right as well right so they give her the dog um dorothy is distraught she rides away on her stupid little bicycle and m says something bad bitch to oh yeah she's (laughs) She's like like, for 25 years she said for 25 years i've wanted to say something to you but being a christian woman i can't say it (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah. And she tells Dorothy, you don't want to make an enemy of this woman. Right. So, yeah, they just, like, succumb to uh, whatever she wants. But thankfully, the dog jumps out Immediately of the escapes. basket. Yes. Runs back to Dorothy. And, and when he gets back to Dorothy, she decides, we got to run away. Yeah. We have to run away. We've got to hide. She's going to be looking for us, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so she comes across uh, Professor Marvel. Yeah, she's packed up. She's left the house, and she finds this, like, old run-down wagon. Traveling, mm-hmm. traveling, um, what would you call him, entertainer? Yeah, I mean... Traveling entertainer. Kind of a crook. I mean, he's, uh, you know, as any fortune teller would be. He's like a snake oil, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a fortune teller. He's, like, the snake oil salesman. He's the kind of traveling peddler that is selling you nothing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so he convinces her to come in for a fortune reading. Right. And he <laughs> he has her close her eyes for some some reason. It's important for the magic or whatever. And obviously takes a peek into her basket. And at this point, he's already guessed that she's run away. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously. Because yeah. <clears throat> it's a little girl with a suitcase and a dog. Right. So, so we should... <sighs> Let's let's go ahead and talk real quick about how old she's supposed to be. Right. So she's 16 when they're making the movie. Judy Garland is. Yeah. She was supposed to be, uh, I want to say 12-ish. Yeah. 
probably a tween. Yeah. Yeah. They talked about casting um, Shirley Temple, who yeah. was 10 at the time. But she was she had a contract with Fox, a different studio, and they wouldn't. Uh, there there are rumors that like there was supposed to be an actor swap, right? With Clark Gable and um, oh gosh, one other person, which didn't work out for whatever reason. But yeah, more or less, just Shirley Temple wasn't available, right? They, so they went with the, Judy. The term that I saw was they wanted to borrow her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like property. That's I know right. I know, but we still do that with sports teams. I mean, right. we don't borrow, right. and by we I mean they. But they are traded and sold like commodities. It's weird. Yeah. It's very weird to me. I've always felt uncomfortable about trading and and buying players. Yeah, it seems very. Um, and then there's a whole barbaric. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And then there's the whole fantasy football league as well right where but those everybody aren't, gets to do it but those aren't real <laughs> people's lives no true but still like it's just a weird concept that well, like yeah, we make the, a sport we make entertainment out the, of like selling people and the the players themselves don't really have any choice in those things you know they're like they're traded and they have to go or you know they also make a lot of money yes they make more than 500 dollars a week <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do. They sure do. More than 500 a week. So so she's there with Captain Marvel. I mean, Professor Marvel. <laughs> um, and he is, you know, he, he finds the picture in, in her little basket of her and Aunt M at the farm. And so he has, he knows everything he needs to know to, like, get her to go back home. And this is, like, an act of goodwill on his part to be, like... To get her to go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think so. So he says that she's, that Aunt Em is crying, clutching her heart, and falling on the bed. And Dorothy decides that she has to run home. She runs home, and there is a giant twister made of muslin yes, in the background. This effect is so effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they tried to do, um, to make the cyclone itself, because you can really see the the definition of it, yeah. like, behind the house when she's running up. Um, they tried to do it with rubber at first, but it didn't give them the, the cycling, the waves that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So they switched to muslin that I think just had wire throughout it and like a rod on the end. So when one person at the bottom was rotating it, it just started, you know, swirling. How was it spliced into the shot? Um, I don't think it I'm... was spliced in. I think it was a practical effect. Like some sort of like it was in the perspective. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. They did a lot of perspective. It's crazy. It um, still looks it. great. I mean, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. For yeah, for what I mean, for the time and everything, it's still it. it sure. It well, I would say there's a difference between it looks great for the time and it right. still looks great. It didn't like take me out of it. That it, you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah. No, it doesn't take me out of it at all. I mean, I don't think you can be taken out of it if you're watching The Wizard of Oz. That's true. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> If the 
twister doesn't sell you, then you are shit out of luck for this whole movie. But this, You're I not going to have a good this time. This is supposed to be like the real life part of the movie, you know. Well, and for yeah, but to your point, for 1939, it was I'm sure really impressive. Uh, yeah, extremely significant. Um, because yeah, you got to keep in mind they're doing all of this with practical effects. Right. There are no computers involved. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the twister is cycloning outside. Um, everyone else has already gone down to the storm cellar. They tried to find her and M has been calling for her Dorothy (laughs) 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 and can't find her. And uncle Henry has to like force her down into the storm cellar. Yeah. Um, which I guess was the best idea, but still. A little, I don't know. Seems seems heartless to leave to leave her up there. But I the, and what but are they, they going to do? They didn't know. I, they didn't right. know where she was. You're right. Yeah. Um. So she comes back and she's um looking all around the farm. Things are blowing everywhere. Um, yeah. She tries to knock on the storm door, but I, you know there's a lot of commotion. So I'm guessing they don't hear her. So she's back inside the house, yeah. and then she's standing next to the window when it flings open and knocks her out. And 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 this is where I would like to take a second to talk about tornado safety. <laughs> don't be near. Don't stand near windows. Yes. This is a real thing in Nashville. There's look. There's a lot of people that live in Nashville now that have never experienced tornadoes before, mm-hmm. and now we get them all the time. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, like, I feel like we've always gotten a lot of like tornado warnings, but now we're actually getting tornadoes. Actually, have had tornadoes. Yes. Yeah, and it's becoming a more and more frequent occurrence. Yeah. And rule number one is, like, don't hang out near a window. Yeah. And don't go outside at all. I feel like for a long time there were, like, enough tornado warnings with nothing happening that people started to, like, not really take it seriously. Oh, yeah. No, the Nashville siren system was real dumb for a real long time. Yeah. Like, if there was a tornado anywhere in Davidson County... Mm-hmm. the alarms would go off in all of Davidson County. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it was like the boy crying wolf every time. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> siren's always going off. Right. Why should I believe it this time? Exactly. Um, But, no, we do get tornadoes now. They've fixed the siren system, by the way. To be more, like, specific. specific. Yeah. yeah. So now when you do hear the siren, please take shelter. Yes. Don't stand near a window. Yeah. Go Don't for the go first... outside and try to look for it. Go to the lowest floor you can. Mm-hmm. Go to um, this most central part of your house. Not near any windows if you don't have a basement. Yeah. Bathrooms are common places mm-hmm. for people. And you should have a weather radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cover yourself. Yeah, get in the bathtub. Cover yourself with a towel. If you have a helmet, like if you're a skateboarder or put something. Put on your helmet. Put on your helmet. Have a tornado bag. Yeah. That has a helmet in it. Have a go bag. <laughs> have some MREs. So Dorothy <laughs> did not follow her advice, and she goes straight to the window. She goes straight to the window. She's knocked out. When she wakes up. She is up in the cyclone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. She wakes up and she's like in the cyclone. The house is spinning and there's all these characters outside of her window. There's like whole barns and animals flying by. There's some men in a canoe. And then Miss Gulch, mm-hmm. 
who morphs into the witch for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she is the only, like, character from real life that is explicitly morphed <laughs> into her character in... As though we... Well, maybe because she wears so much makeup that they were afraid audiences wouldn't... Right. ...recognize that it's her. Right. And she's only in it for a minute. Yeah. Before she turns into the Wicked Witch of the West. Totally. WWW. But you see her out the window. Dorothy's terrified. Does she, like, faint again? I, think. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. She wakes up. Um, she's wandering around the house. She goes, and oh, she opens the door. To Munchkinland. Yes. Which wasn't that... In Technicolor. That, wasn't that a practical, practical effect? The, the color change? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean... I heard that they, like, the inside of the house was, like, painted and, like, they had, like, a black and white dress for Dorothy to wear. Oh, wow. When she opens the door. I didn't, I didn't read that. That's so really that fascinating. It's the, whole, the whole thing was in color, but they colored the inside of the house to look black and white. Sure, yeah. No, that's really interesting. Right? I wonder about that. Mm-hmm. It seems like, um... It seems like a lot of effort if they didn't have to, but if it was just for that one transition. Yeah. Yeah. Because the technology was so new at the time that it's possible they weren't able to to splice it like mid. mid, Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because how would they do that? Because I think that I saw. When they're like actually dealing with like film reels and and cutting and. Right. It seems impossible. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that I saw um, this tiktok that where like somebody had or or not not had it but they saw the the black and white dress in some exhibit somewhere yeah and they're like that's not dorothy's dress was like no it's the black and white one that's cool right neat anyway so she opens up the door and it's munchkin land munchkin land so the munchkins (laughs) the munchkin actors and actresses um, everything that I, I heard so many rumors about the Munchkin actors and actresses, um, ranging from life was hell on set for them to they were having ragers every night. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I could gather, you know, preparing for this, I think that it was a relatively normal experience for the majority of the munchkin actors and actresses right aside from being paid less than a dog well yeah. okay <laughs> i don't think they knew right probably I don't think not. They knew that part. um and i don't know i mean i don't think they were getting paid necessarily unfairly i i did read a statistic or not a statistic but like a number um that said they were getting paid like one twenty five a week, which would equate to like two thousand three hundred and thirty bucks a week today. Yeah. Which doesn't sound bad for mostly extras. Like it would have been industry standard for extras at the time. That's kind of what it I mean, I don't know what industry standard is today, but that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Two thousand dollars a week is pretty that's, solid. That's pretty yeah, that's really that's pretty good. I yeah. feel like I feel like extra work I feel like would be less than that equivalent. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, I think it's hourly. I think it's 
probably like 20 bucks an hour. I did. I don't remember what I made. I did a whole day of extra work once um, here in town. They were making this movie about it. It doesn't matter. It was very much like... Was it country strong? No, it was very much like Damn. Jackie Jorp Jump. <laughs> <laughs> From Thirty Rock, so Thirty Rock. There, the Jenna is supposed to be in this um, Janis Joplin biopic. They can't get the right. Can't get the right, so they name her Jackie Chorp Jump. So this was like this, like vaguely uh, biograph, well, vaguely taken from about Elvis's whom? from Elvis okay. about Elvis's life. But in this story, he had like an identical twin that they were separated at birth. <laughs> Anyway, the biggest star in the movie was Seth Green. Was his name like Irvis? I don't. <laughs> like... I don't even remember. But anyway, they <laughs> they did like a whole day of filming at uh, the Opry House with Seth Green. But I'm pretty sure that like my pay wow. for I'm pretty sure my pay for the day was like 150 dollars or something like that. You know? Yeah. So less than what they made in a week. Well, I mean, it would, but for a week, it would have been less than $2,000. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, so we're in Munchkin land, and um, <laughs> Dorothy <laughs> is, like, wandering around, and you see some munchkins poking out from behind the bushes or whatever, and then this bubble appears, and it is uh, slowly appearing, and it's Glinda. Glinda, spelled with an I. Mm-hmm. That frustrates me. Glin- Glinda. Not Galinda. <laughs> it's not Glenda. It's Glinda. <laughs> Glinda. Glinda the Good Witch, who is... I've seen a bunch of... Isn't uh, she... She's the Witch of the North. The... the Which is very Game of thrones I think so. The Good like Witch. King of the North. Yeah, Good Witch of the North. Witch of the North. Um, And she is... I've seen a bunch of TikToks about this. It's like... How shady it is what she says here. Because she asks Dorothy if she's a good witch or a bad witch. And... Um, you can only be one. And Dorothy's like, well, I'm not a witch. And um, and then Glinda says that she's a good witch. And Dorothy, Dorothy says, I, th- I thought witches were ugly. And, and Glinda says, only bad witches are ugly. She's like, then why'd you ask me if I was a bad witch? <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> So uh, so then uh, Glinda decides that it's time to introduce Dorothy to the munchkins. So she sings, come out, come out, wherever you are. Um, and this goes into, like, a whole medley of, like, munchkin songs that are just basically, like, little, like, one line of song, but they are each given their own name. They're- well, we only get two, right? So I know everybody knows the Lollipop Guild. So there's Come Out, Come Out, Wherever You Are. There is It Really it really Was No Miracle. And then We Thank You Very Sweetly. And then Ding Dong the Witch is Dead. And they're giving her a parade. And then as mayor of Munchkin City. Okay, well, you've completely <laughs> skipped over the Lullaby League. No, I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, we're not even there yet? <laughs> no. And then... As coroner, I must ever. Then Ding Dong, the witch is, Wicked Witch is Dead again. Then Lullaby League. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, they spend a lot of time glorifying the death of this woman. Yes. And it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's really a lot. Yes. Especially when they bring out the coroner to be like, no, she's really, really dead. Yes. 
She's very dead. Like, it is... It's intense. Also, how did Their he... Their hatred for her when we just don't... We don't know why she's so evil. Right. There's no backstory on how We're evil. given zero, yeah. zero information about why they hate her. We just know that they hate her, and it just feels a little aggressive. She's got striped stockings. Uh, I mean... Pretty shoes. Um, so, Lullaby League, um, these little ballerinas, um, and then Lollipop Guild... Was the the little lollipop boys with the smirk on their faces? Yeah, they looked like children. Yes, and in bald uh, caps. And so, weren't some of these like actors? Some of them were actual little people, and some of them were children. Yeah, it's like a mixture. Yeah. Okay. Well, and some of them were little people that were also children. Right. Yeah, a, a, uh, an intersection, um, and then and then we have we welcome you to Munchkinland, um, and I think that's the last part of this like huge long Munchkin song. So Sydney Luft was Judy Garland's third husband. Mm-hmm. I think after Vincent Minnelli. Mm-hmm. I think he was number two. Um, anyways, he wrote in his memoir that. This is the one place where um, these rumors about the Munchkin actors and actresses maybe have some merit. Mm-hmm. He said that Judy revealed to him, and that he was aware at the time, um, that some of the actors were uh, groping her. Oh, because of the way that they were staged, they were able to be, like, right underneath her skirt. Ugh. That, yeah. So, and and basically, it's been more or less, uh, it, I mean, it seems credible. Yeah. But it's it an unsubstantiated credible. There's no names rumor. named. Yes. I mean, I don't want to, I think that, I think that. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm nervous. I I want to be clear that I'm not like accusing an entire community, but yeah, yeah. There were there were some some unfortunate that things is, that happened on that, that set. Is unfortunate, and I I'm mean, sure there honestly, was no there was no recourse at that time for that kind of thing either. It kind no, there wasn't, and it really just boils down to that Judy Garland was failed on all accounts. It yes. sounds like she struggled with some of her uh, peers, some of her actors, co-actors. Um, she was getting pills from the studio mm-hmm. that was basically you know contracted to control her life right um and she and you know constantly given um grief you know consciously and unconsciously about her weight and her body type yeah like you know she was going through puberty and they wanted to like bind her up and not show any curves they actually chose that dress the blue gingham dress because they thought it would blur her curves. Mm, I didn't know that. Um, Yeah. So anyway, after the, (laughs) after the munchkin medley, um, this is when the wicked witch shows up. 
and See, it's so it's just just so funny transitioning like to this very joyous like beautiful jolly film um yeah when what was going on behind the scenes was really it was awkward. dark yeah <laughs> not awkward <laughs> super awkward it was very dark yes very dark and bad um so the wicked witch shows up and her but someone's killed her sister <laughs> yeah you know, it's not like... She shows up to avenge the death of her sister, which is fair. Fair. Completely fair. In this in this movie, it's like, we never see her do anything that's not like, a, you know, recourse for something else. Right. You know, like, she had never, like... Her position is understandable. Right. And they stole her shoes. <laughs> I mean, and this is what I mean. So, like, okay, yeah, I, I, I don't know if this was, if this is still in the podcast, but, um, okay, so Glinda is basically trolling the Wicked Witch of the West yeah. when she shows up in the first place. She's like, oh, go check on the shoes. Glinda knows. She knows she's going to she put them on Dorothy. She knows that the shoes are on Dorothy. <laughs> she's being. A total it bitch. reminds me of the Bowen Yang iceberg sketch. He's like, first of all, you showed up to where I live and you hit me. That was really good. I love Bowen Yang. Oh, I really like his um, China trade daddy as well. Oh my God. All of his, all of his skits yeah. are so. Good. We like Bowen. We we um we're team Bowen. Team Bowen. For Let's sure. Get him into musicals. <laughs> um. So, but no. Uh, the whole situation with Dorothy is um egregious. She kills a woman, steals her shoes. Her sister shows up. She's upset about it, and they have the audacity. And as far as and as far as Wicked Witch knows, everyone's telling her that. Dorothy's the one who did it. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, they're erecting a bust of her in the Hall of Fame. Right. Specifically because of it. She will I be think... a bust, be a bust, be a bust. <laughs> I think it's also, it's either this scene or it could be the next. There's a lot of scenes with the, the Wicked Witch of the West where she um, either appears or disappears into, you know, like cloud of smoke. Yeah. With a flash of fire. Yeah. Um, there was one occasion, I think it's this one. I think it is this one. Where she, I mean, they just staged it wrong and she caught fire. Yeah. To her face, to her hand. Um, it singed off her right eyebrow and right eyelashes. Um, and it burned her hand extremely badly. How How long did she have to... I mean, I read six weeks, and I also yeah. read three months. Yeah. Um, it was a long time either way. Yeah, that's a, I mean... That's... A significant amount of time. And I read that when she came back, they couldn't even put makeup on her hand because her nerves were still exposed. Oh, my God. Yeah. From the burn injury. So she had to wear gloves, which... I've burned my hand once before, and it was the dumbest injury. I was cooking. It was so dumb. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to explain it, but I've burned my hand before. It was the most excruciating pain. Horrible. Horrible. And, like, even wearing a glove would have been awful. Yeah. Awful. Especially if it was as bad as it sounds. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. Okay. So, they made her do that, this, like, fire scene, which... I mean, I know we're judging it by 2021 standards, but it's not that impressive. It's obvious that she just drops for, down through a, a trap door. Yeah, and for what it took, 
not worth it. Not it, worth it, guys. The scene would have it wouldn't have suffered if it if it was just the cloud of smoke. It, yeah, it would have been fine. Yeah, nobody would have noticed. Right. Anyways, so um, yeah. <laughs> so after this horrific injury, um... <laughs> I know. Dor- Dorothy's like so so uh, much pain. <laughs> I mean, so Dorothy's like, I've got to go home. And Glinda's like, well, you've got to, sorry, you've got to go see the wizard for that. He's the only one that knows a lie. A lie. Total lie. (sighs) What is her angle? (laughs) (laughs) Her whole point for this whole time is just to, like, kill Elphaba. (laughs) 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 We should just kill Caesar. Um, so she has to leave. Glinda says she has to visit uh, the wizard. She's like, how do I get to the wizard? And He's in the Emerald City and you just... Follow the yellow brick road. That's right. Um, and so Glinda leaves in her bubble. Dorothy says, people come and go so quickly here. And the um, munchkins see her out of town. Yeah. Um, while singing. And hopefully not gripping her. (laughs) (laughs) That is not funny. It's It's kind of funny. The SNL Debbie Downer skit. (laughs) We talk about SNL a lot. I know. We should do an SNL podcast after this. Oh, my God. But, But truly, I love SNL. I love it, too. You know, I think it's my favorite show. I love it. It gets a lot of shit. It gets so much shit. Every every iteration of it gets shit. Yes. And and then I, and then ten it. years later, everyone's like, "That was the classic cast." You're like, <laughs> what well, was it? Because you really hated it back then. I just love it as an institution. Yeah. You know, I think it's very cool that it's been on since the what sixties, seventies. Yeah. Since the seventies. Um, but I feel like this cast is very promising. Yeah, Bowen- we'll see. I mean, I mean, just as far as like you got Bo and well, Yang. I love Bo and yeah. Yang. Um, I, it's too big. The cast is too big. There's lots. There's lots. I can't tell the difference between a lot of the white guys. But yeah, and there's too many. You know what? Let's not get into it. Let's, let's skip talk it. About... <laughs> All right. So she's the Munchkins see her out of town. They're she's following the the yellow brick road. Um, and they send her off, uh, and she comes to a crossroads, and she doesn't know where to go. And she hears a voice that says, you know, some people go that way. Some people go that way. Yeah, can we basically just say that, like, for the next 40 minutes, she meets <laughs> she meets the scarecrow, she meets the tin man, she meets the cowardly lion. Yes. she. They sing, If I Only Had a Brain. If I Only Had a Heart. Uh-huh. And if I only had the nerve. The noive. The noive. Put them up, put them up. Yeah. There's a lot of great quotes in between, um, like, or in all of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. Does anything super significant happen? Okay, um, the, let's well, talk about... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, after this, um, they, they're hungry. They see some apples. The witch has I cursed the trees. I want to talk about that scene, too. Yes. yes. The witch has cursed the trees. And so the, it seemed like she was there for a reason. So I'm guessing that she put the spell on these trees to make them angry. Yeah. Um, and so they 
they don't want to give up their apples, but the scarecrow has this idea to taunt them so that they'll throw the apples at them. Um, and so then when she is trying to go search for the apples and pick them up, she comes across the Tin Man's shoe. Exactly. So that is the scene where it was alleged that there was in the background the image of one of the munchkin actors hanging himself. Yes. So this is after they after him <laughs> after they is meet, so ridiculous saying it out loud. After they meet the Tin Man and they sing If I Only Had a Heart, the witch shows up, throws a fireball oh. at the scarecrow, they put it out, and then they move on. And it's as they're moving on that you see something moving in the distance. Did you okay, I tried I read about this in high school, like mm-hmm. on the internet, probably yeah. on Live Journal. Yeah. And I I remember watching the movie. I must have rented it mm-hmm. at Blockbuster. Uh, this was before I worked there. Um, yeah, I must have rented it. I tried. I tried to find it. I did the same thing with all the Disney movies and the, like, quote-unquote, like, right. sex references and stuff. Take off your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Aladdin, right? Right, yeah. Um, But this is like, I feel like we all had really shitty VHS copies of this. Right. And you can see something moving back there, but now that it's been enhanced, it's just obviously a big bird. I mean, it makes me wonder, is this just like early days of the internet where... Yes. (laughs) Like, these days, our generation absolutely understands the difference between like real content, real factual content, and, like, the, you know, Prince of Nigeria asking you for money. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like... Like, we're very, we're, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's so uh, basic that it's just... I feel like this is, like, I don't know what it would be categorized as, is, like, creepypasta or something, where it's, like, this urban legend that gets passed around long enough that it becomes true to people right well and because it happened so i guess what i'm getting at is like it is the dumbest thing ever mm-hmm. it's so stupid when you say it out loud it sounds so stupid yeah but in the early days we were willing to believe that because we saw it on the internet or we got it in a chain email right or something it was true and these days... That you looked at it really closely on your MacBook. Basically, we had an excuse yes. for believing this stuff. Also, we were 12, so... And even now with these, like... You know. Obviously, like... We were dumb. With these, like, remastered... Like, it's obvious what it is now, but, like, there are still people that are like, oh, they, like, went in and changed it with CGI. Oh, so yeah, it's I know. Like, it's, yeah. it's dumb. People still believe it. It's obviously not true. Uh, it's not true. Yeah, it was a bird somehow got on set. Yeah. I think they, they actually purposefully brought birds in because they wanted realistic looking, uh, like tropical looking, scenery. not trop- like exotic. Forestry. Look- yeah, yeah. They were in a forest. Yeah, and just like exotic looking animals and stuff. And there's this huge bird. Yeah, and because we all had low, yeah, like you said, lo-fi TV mm-hmm. situations. Right. It just got warped into this. Or, that didn't ever or a YouTube exist. video that was ripped or taken off of someone's VHS tape. I mean, it's like... Oh, I think I was looking for it pre-YouTube. Yeah. Pre-YouTube. Either this way... This is the first thing I did on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it was on E-Bombs World, probably. 
No, it was Express Page. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So, um, let's also talk about... I mean, let's talk about these these three characters. Um, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. Their roles were actually changed out early on. So, Between basically... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let me find... I've got it right here. Can I say something really quickly while you're doing that? It was jarring to me that right after she met the Tin Man, and she's still only with the Tin Man and Scarecrow, that she says, you're the best friends anybody could ever have. She's known these people for, I don't know, the Tin Man for like 10 minutes. (laughs) But no, they... but it's established at the end. She says, I feel like I've known you. That's true. Forever. And it's because they're based on these real people yeah. in her life. She- no, it's not weird. It's just like, it's heavily hinting at like, oh, they're the same people. Right. This yes. is all in her head. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Come on. Okay. That's all fine. Right. I just Listen. wrote Stranger Danger. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, here's what I was trying to get at. All right. Scarecrow, played by Ray Boulder. Uh-huh. Tin, tin Woodman. I call him Tin Man. Yeah. Tin Man is played by Jack Haley, but he was not the first person cast in that role. The first person cast was, um, gosh, what's his name? He wound up being... Jed Clampett I know on the Beverly yeah. Hillbillies. Was he the one who had the horrible reaction to the face paint? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they're like, okay, so he was first cast as the Scarecrow, and then um, Ray, no, who was it? Yeah, Ray Bolger, who had been cast as the Tin Man, he just felt like he was more suited for the Scarecrow. He had a vaudeville background. He was very, I don't know, limber. Yeah. Very loot. Like, he was good at He doing... could move like a rag doll. Yeah, exactly. He was very good at that, and he was very adamant that he should be in that role. So he just, like, got this other guy to switch with him, basically. Okay. Um, and he takes on the role of Scarecrow. Meanwhile, this other guy, this other poor guy, he gets stuck playing the Tin Man and winds up having this horrible reaction to the makeup that they put on him. He's poisoned. It's like, is it like lead makeup? Yeah, there's pure aluminum in this like powder. Or is it mercury? It's, I I read aluminum. It probably was mercury. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, basically... He was poisoned by it. Yeah. Like, had to be in the hospital for a long time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, he had to go on oxygen for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, he woke up in the middle of the night um, in excruciating pain. His wife called an ambulance. He was in the hospital for two weeks on oxygen. Took him much longer to recover, and the studio was pissed. Yeah. And they fired him. Right. And that's when they brought in Jack Haley. They let... Margaret Hamilton be off for six weeks. I think that was after this happened. Yeah. And they probably were running out of money. Yeah. And and had to, would be my guess. Like, right. I, I'm assuming they couldn't go back and yeah. refilm all of her parts. I'm sure that's true. Um, But yeah, it was... 
I mean, just sort of ridiculous, a totally different, um, a different world where if you got injured on set, you were on your own. Sorry. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. And we're going to fire you because of it. Right. I mean, he's probably still like on payroll for the studio, but, you know, fired from this picture. Yeah. Um, so after this, um... They come across a spooky forest, <laughs> um, and they're scared, and they are scared of lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. And uh, they come across a lion. The cowardly lion. Who they are scared of to, to begin with. Yeah. Until uh, he chases after Toto, and Dorothy slaps him, and he crumbles. She just, like, whacks him on the nose. Yeah. And he has a full-on breakdown. Yeah. Because he is the cowardly lion. He's the cowardly lion. He's, he's faking it. He's got no courage. He's crying. He says he can't count sheep because he's afraid of them. So here's something wild about the cowardly lion. Um, his costume was made out of real lion fur. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. They only had one of them. They had one principal costume. And um, also the lights were so hot on set because they had to have extremely bright lighting for Technicolor. Yeah. The lights were so bright that he was, the actor was heavily sweating. Yeah. Throughout the day. So they would have to put his costume into an, what I read is an industrial dryer. Oh, God. To air it out each night. So, I mean, I can only imagine it smelled I wonder what they used. Awful. I wonder what they used to glue on his prosthetics to hold up in the sweat. Oh, well, okay. So, I don't know about those specifically, but with the Scarecrow's prosthetics, it was another nightmare. Yeah. I mean, everything was just a nightmare for all of yeah. these actors. Just but at least these guys were getting paid more. Right. You know? Um, but, yeah, no... Um, his, I, I, I'll, I'll just finish by saying his costume, the Cowardly Lion costume, sold at auction in 2014, I think, for $3 million. Wow. It has to smell so it still bad. Probably it has to. Yeah. It has to. Gross. Ew. I wonder if, uh, who was the big game hunter who... Got I know, them? right? Somebody took down a lion for that costume. It was probably... What was a it? L- Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> He's, he was the, the producer. Head of, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, he sings uh, "If I Only Had the Nerve." Um, he says some lines that would not fly these days. He says he's a sissy. Mm. And he says he's a dandy and mm. does the limp wrist thing. A dandy mm. lion. Mmm, dandelion. Mm-hmm. Dandelion. That's, I, um, it's kind of, I get it, though. Yeah. It's kind of clever. Yeah. Sure. For 1939, I get it. Yeah. That's smart. Wouldn't fly these days. Wouldn't. Would, I'm not. Nothing about this movie would fly these days. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh. Anyway, they're off, and the witch uh, sees them all coming in her crystal ball, um, and she decides to put a spell on the poppies. The poppies, which I, you know, it's interesting, because poppy, I mean, it's it's opium, right? right. Mm-hmm. Which is death going to put you to sleep, so 
that's I I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, totally. And an an interesting choice for a children's movie. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I think the more notable thing that comes from this scene is okay. So the the witch casts a spell on the poppies. They fall asleep. Right. In order to wake up, because Scarecrow and I think Tin Man, they uh, aren't humans or aren't living, I guess. So they're impervious to it, and they call out for help. Glinda the Good Witch, Glinda the Good Witch, Uh (laughs) shows up, and or or she just like sprinkles. She hears their prayers. Snow over them. If she's that omnipotent. What she could have been helping this whole time. I know. So she hears their prayers. Also, that snow was asbestos. <laughs> More poison. <laughs> Literally just being sprinkled, painted over with top poison, of them. painted with poison, snowed on with poison, lit up in a fireball. In their defense. <laughs> They, did, they didn't know. <laughs> no, in their defense, um, Christmas decorations in the 30s often included asbestos. Asbestos snow. Yeah, people yeah. just didn't know. Right. People really didn't know. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean. It's just these days you watch it. Again, like, this is what I mean. It's like you, you watch it and you have a great time, but then you learn Everything that was actually happening, and you can no longer watch this scene of Dorothy being sprinkled with snow, right? And think like, "Oh, how lovely!" Mm-hmm. It's like she's being poisoned in right. front of you. <laughs> They're all getting cancer, um, and pills, and being fed pills, pills, and chicken broth. Oh God! And that's it. And plates of lettuce. Um, so they all, uh, oh, Tin Man, uh, because of the snow and the crying has rusted again. They oil him up. I actually really love the sound of the oil can. Okay. I can't duplicate it. Is that- <laughs> I mean, that's... That's close. Good. <laughs> I didn't notice it that much. hmm So it's hard for me to say if that was... I like little noises. I like ASMR. Mm, Okay. <laughs> Do you really get, like, extra satisfaction? Yeah. Okay. Not, like, crazy, but I know what they're talking about. You're one of those persons. I get a chill. I'm not, like, into it. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not part of the community. Well, I get sleep paralysis, so... That's way scarier. (laughs) Damn it. I've had it, like, twice. I've never seen anything, though. Uh yeah no I was kidding about it oh, like, okay. being a bragging point no I get it oh, okay I do I do get it but I was just kidding about it being a bragging oh, okay thing like ASMR sounds nice it is nice sleep paralysis is not no it sucks that's horrible it sounds like something they do to you on the set of Wizard of Oz um <laughs> <laughs> Squid Game all right so. So they all wake up and they are headed finally towards the uh, Emerald City. And we have this song called Optimistic Voices. I really like this song. I don't remember it at all. Yeah, it's just Um, like... Yeah, it's just like a real like swingy 30s um, girl group kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. And it's just, you know, it's it's their little... 
uh, underscore for skipping the rest of the way to the Emerald City Gate. Yeah. Uh, the witch uh, sees that they've made it, so she decides to leave for the Emerald City, and then they ring. Oh, yeah, she does her sky riding. Right. Well, this just surrender, Dorothy. <laughs> so this, uh, but this is just her leaving for the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I mean, not a lot happens in between. Dorothy no, the, and the gang show up. They meet the guard. He was played by the same guy that's doing Professor Marvel and Oz. All of them. And there are like two other characters inside that he also plays. Yeah, the horse guy. Yeah, he he like has like an and Irish the crying accent. guy. Yeah. He's like an Irish accent when he's the carriage driver. Yeah. And then he's the other guard inside. But, but I mean, basically, like, they just, there's a lot of back and forth about, like, can they get in? Can they not get in? Eventually, they get let in. They get let in. They sing King of the Forest. Oh, um, yeah. There's a whole big. This is where the movie really. <laughs> this is when it stops. This for is when me. it stops moving quickly. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why did we need another song about the lion? King of the Forest, I think, is pretty pointless. We didn't need it. No. Mm-mm. Um, but uh, before that, they did um, Merry Old Land of Oz, and they get makeovers. Oh, that's right. They get makeovers, uh, but she just gets her hair let down, and she says, can Tin Man even, gets polished. Can you and... even dye my eyes to match my gown? Yeah, they don't, though. <laughs> they don't. Um, the witch uh, does her sky riding, surrender Dorothy. The townspeople run to the wizard for answers. Uh, the guard says, not nobody, not know how. Um, they do If I Were the King of the Forest. Um, I got a really fun mental image when he said that the chipmunks genuflect to him. <laughs> Just imagine I, little, little, little chipmunks. <laughs> I have a little chipmunk that lives right outside of yeah. my apartment. Did you name him? No, because he is his own chipmunk. Or okay. she. I don't know. I'm they, really not sure. They can name themselves. They um, they haven't, like, necessarily taken up with me. Like, uh-huh. they, they are terrified of my apartment situation. But they run across the patio every yeah. day. And I watch them and I you love them. You just observe. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, they don't really like it <laughs> in my apartment. <laughs> um, I like them. Um, so they, he's, he sings that song and then, uh, the guard comes back out again and says, go away. And then Dorothy cries and he cries and he lets them in. Yeah. Yeah. They eventually get in and, and then Oz says, go get the broom. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get your heart and your courage and your brain. Yes. So they run off to do that. Yes. And basically, uh, this is when the flying monkeys show up. Right, and they... Terrifying. Oh, yeah. I did not like them as a child. They very much scared me. They're very scary, especially that scene out the window of the castle with Mm. the throngs of monkeys flying by. So there's thousands of monkeys, it looks like. Yeah. Thousands. wonder how they accomplished that. uh, That's a good question. It looked to me to be just like miniatures kind of on strings, honestly, because it was a little janky. Yeah. But, but no, they had a real person playing, like, the head monkey. Yeah. I think his name is Nico. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of watching it 
even even now and wondering how they did it because they looked I don't want to say they looked realistic. Obviously they didn't. They're winged monkeys. Yeah. But they didn't look completely unbelievable. Right. And I think that that was probably because it could just be a full face mask. It didn't have to be a prosthetic. None of them yeah. had, li- had lines that they had to speak. So they weren't, you know. Well, and knowing what they did to the actors, I was ready to fully believe that they just, like, painted some monkeys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they were painting humans. Mm-hmm. But these were all actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so these terrifying monkeys, they find um, the whole crew. They scoop Dorothy they up. They scoop Dorothy up. They get Toto, too. Um, and they, like, unstuff the scarecrow. Um, and, of course, uh, Toto escapes again. He's a, a regular Houdini. <laughs> um, and there's well, that's this... why he got paid so well. <laughs> and so um, this is when... Uh, the witch is really just like, she's stretching this out. She's like, I'm going to set a, it's just, <laughs> it's just asking for something to happen. You know what I mean? She's like, I'm going to set a timer for when you're going to die. I know. That and was now, my biggest thing. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Why aren't you just going to kill her right now? And now you're going to. You better not escape. I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Maybe it was like a spell that she cast that takes an hour to take effect or something. I don't know because it's it not... wasn't clear. When it the, wasn't clear. when it ran out, she didn't automatically die. I know. I thought that like the witch was going to show up to do the deed. Yeah, it's unclear. It's very unclear. Um, she leaves. She leaves her alone. Uh, Dorothy thinks she sees Annie M in the in the. Uh, uh, and the crystal ball. ball, but it's just the witch talking Mocking her. her. Like, I'm frightened. <laughs> yeah, total B. So uh, okay, so the other Toto has escaped. Toto escapes. He brings the other guys back to the castle. They uh, steal some guard outfits and get inside. Um, yeah, the guards look very. Uh, did you notice they look very like, like Russian and or. Chinese, like something very much imperial. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. With One green of those faces. those big fur hats. Yeah. yeah. It's very yeah. Russian. Um, and I'm sure at the time we were not actually at the time. Yeah. Where we, were we? <laughs> um, I we were on the same side in in World War Two as the Russians. I mean, same. We had a we had the same enemy. Were we though? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So they uh, Toto leads them up to the tower. Uh, Tin Man chops the door open where um, Dorothy is. They're doing a lot of chasing. The witch. uh, The they finally um, encounter the witch, and she decides that she's going to kill. She's stretching it out again. She's like, Dorothy, you're going to be last. <laughs> I'm going to kill everyone else first. But essentially what we're seeing up to this moment is the Tin Man using heart. Yes. 
the scarecrow using brains right. and the the lion using courage. I mean, the first thing the scarecrow does is use brains. I know. Because she can't get him off the post. And, right. And he's like, well, I don't have any brains, but you could probably bend that nail. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and I mean, she asks about she asks about it very quickly. She says, um, "Well, how can you talk if you don't have brains?" Yeah. And he also says something about something in his heart. It's like, does he have a heart in the hay? Anyway, we're moving on. We're <laughs> we're 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 getting through this. Um, so she lights her broom on fire in order to light the scarecrow on fire, and uh, they happen to ha- there happens to be a bucket of water right there. That is the only thing that can kill the witch, and she just has a bucket of it laying around. Um, but she throws the bucket at the broom that's on fire, and it hits the witch, too. I'm melting. Um, and she dies. She, she said, dead. my beautiful wickedness. Um, all, hair, all hell Dorothy, blah, blah, blah. They think that the guards... More praise for Dorothy killing yet another person. <laughs> It's just, it's a lot. It's she's, a lot. Yeah, she's she's basically killed a whole family at this point. She, They think that the guards are going to be angry with them, but they're not. They're happy that she did it. Yeah. Um, so they go back Everyone's to the... Everyone's thrilled. They go back to the wizard. He's drawing it out again. He says, come back tomorrow. And then Toto opens the curtain. Don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, it is, in fact... Just a man. It's just a man. Operating machinery. He also is the counterpart to Professor Marvel. Uh-huh. He's just... Captain a, Marvel. He's just a girl standing in front of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Asking him to offer. Um, so he doesn't have... He doesn't have magic to give them. He has trinkets. Yeah. That they view as the same thing. He's basically telling that you... Well, because deep down... They always had it. They had it all along. Right. So he gives the scarecrow a diploma. Um, yep. He gives the lion a medal. Yep. Um, it's less clear what He it... gives the tin man like a... Like a heart clock. It's a heart clock, but he heart calls... Clock. He calls it a testimonial... So what about Dorothy? Um, he says that he can take her back himself because he has this balloon. He also came from um, America. Wouldn't you have it? Wow. He's and also from Middle America. From Nebraska. He's from <laughs> Omaha. His uh, his balloon says Omaha, so they're neighbors, basically. Um, Are they, like, I really don't what, know what, U.S. What they, geography that what, well. Oh, Nebraska and uh, Kansas are right next to each other. Good but what if what if when she was when he was like, "Oh, I'm from Nebraska," she's like, "Oh, do you know?" So <laughs> anyway, do you know my auntie? My auntie Clint. I don't know. Um, yeah, other one. Uh, so they go to the balloon. He says the scarecrow scarecrow will, will rule uh, the land with assistance from the Tin Man and the Lion. Um, then Toto runs after this cat, chaos ensues, and the, the balloon flies away. Um, Glinda approaches, and would, wouldn't you know it, she's always had the power to go back. Wouldn't she you know just it? had to realize, she asked Dorothy, very, very patronizing, so 
what did you learn? You had to learn something. And she says, if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I'll never look any further than my own backyard. Okay, but I guess <laughs> as we're getting annoyed with Glinda, mm-hmm. the good witch, um, and <clears throat> the quote-unquote good witch, mm-hmm. and the other characters... I guess what what we're coming across right now is that uh, she was, in fact, in a dream. So they're not real. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard to, like... This is all just Dorothy's subconscious. It's hard to hold them accountable accountable as characters. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, maybe that's why this is the best film, not the best film ever, but one of the best films ever, because it was the first one to be like, oh... We're playing the dream card. Right. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. <laughs> Nobody else gets to use that ever again and have it play off very well. I mean, I guess, I mean, people have. But point being, they were able to play the dream card. No one had ever seen it before. Right. And they got away with all of it. Yeah, doing whatever they wanted to in there. Giving people aluminum lead poisoning. <laughs> and asbestos poisoning. And asbestos poisoning. <laughs> and also making them addicted to pills. <laughs> to the point where they die at age 47. She um, only 47. She looked so much older. She was 47 when she died, yeah. Okay, so... She says her goodbyes once she realizes that she can just click her fucking heels. Um, I'm not that angry. <laughs> All you gotta do is click, click, click. So she uh, she gets back. The professor has stopped by. Hunk, Hickory, and Zeke are there. She says that um, she was. They were all in her dream, and she says that she's never leaving home again. Yeah. No. Uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, the, the the end of the movie really does slow down a lot. Because it really seems like, the plot-wise, a bunch happens, and then, like, the Nothing last... Nothing happens. The last, like, most, like, the well, better They, just, the ha- better they have ha- to go back and forth with a gatekeeper, like, 12 times. Right. So much. And, like, they make it to Oz, and they have to go back to the castle, and then they have to go... Back to the wizard. And right. It's well, like you're right there. Yeah. You're right there. And they, yeah, it's. Um, so anyway. Obnoxious. Um, do you want to know anything about the history of the book? Does that interest you? Hmm. Um, it was. What if I said no? <laughs> well, I'll tell you some of it anyway. <laughs> no, tell me. No, I am interested. Um, so it was called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. It was written by L. Frank Baum um, and published in 1900. Um, it was uh, started out um, with just a printing of 10,000 copies. Those quickly sold out. Very quickly needed more copies to be printed, and um, they finally uh agreed to print like 250,000 once they knew that the there was a 1902 musical that was made. Right. That is ab has absolutely nothing to do with this movie. There's no none of the same songs. Basically the only thing that's the same in that is the snow, the poppies in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> the most important scene. Right. 
He was influenced by uh, Lewis Carroll. He was inf- influenced by Alice in Wonderland and that kind of uh, that kind of thing. He wanted that makes sense. He thought that children's books should be uh, lavishly illustrated and pleasurable to read, and not contain like heavy-handed moral lessons. Pause. What do you think is? What do you view as the better of the two, Wizard of Oz or Alice in Wonderland? I've never read the books. Really? No. Okay. Well, I mean, I read I read Alice in Wonderland. I didn't read Frank L. Baum's. I mean, as movies, I would probably say Wizard of Oz over Disney's Alice in Wonderland, I think. I think they're both extremely creepy yeah. for modern kids. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how that was um, acceptable children's yeah. Uh, programming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are more uh, blatant with the drugs in Alice in Wonderland. That's for sure. But that was the movie. <sighs> more yeah. opium. Anyways. <laughs> so he took, he took influence from Lewis Carroll, but then wanted to incorporate. Lewis Carroll's stuff was, you know, obviously very, like, Victorian England, so mm-hmm. um, Al Frank Baum wanted to insert more things that were quintessentially American, like farming and farmhands and that kind of Kansas. thing. Kansas, exactly. Um, what else do I got here? Um, he included the character of a scarecrow because it was his worst fear as a child. He would have horrible recurring nightmares about scarecrows chasing after him. Okay. Um, so I guess no, I get that. Maybe it was a um, a way to overcome that. There was that movie Jeepers Creepers in like two thousand two, maybe. Oh God! About I think it had Justin Long. I didn't see it. I don't. I didn't see it either. But it's about scarecrows that come to life. And it existed. Oh my God! Um, he he wanted to include the Tin Woodman because he liked window displays. I don't know. I'm sorry, what? I'll just read the excerpt here. Um, Excerpt. um, According to Baum's son, Harry, the Tin Woodman was born from Baum's attraction to window displays. He wished to make something captivating for window displays, so he used an an eclectic assortment of scraps to craft a striking figure. I don't know what that has to do with window displays uh, inherently, but anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> Dor- Dorothy, okay. this is actually kind of sad. Um, Dorothy was based on um, his wife's, his wife Maud's niece, who sh- um, died at like five months old. So he oh. named Dorothy after his wife's uh niece in her memory and then and then dedicated the book to his wife was it sids it was um (laughs) this is why are you laughing because they say that the cause of death was congestion of the brain (laughs) what what (laughs) i'm okay you're right you're right that's kind of it's not funny it's just it's it's funny these early 1900s like medical terms are right. funny. Yes, because absolutely. they just didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Congestion of the brain. Like, what? What is that? <laughs> 
Is that like an aneurysm, maybe? I have no idea. I'm going to guess aneurysm. Maybe an aneurysm. Maybe, um... You know what? We're going to reveal the answer on next month's podcast. Uh, we will We will research what congestion of the brain means and get back this to you. This is dark. Um... So Let's then, continue on. So then the niece's gravestone has a statue of the character of Dorothy placed on it. Okay, that's great. Um, the Emerald City or the Land of Oz, these are some uh, fun facts about how he came. So the Emerald City was loosely based on like three things people think. One of them being um, the, did you ever hear anything about the 1893 World's Fair, um, the White City? Oh my god, is that the one with um the guy the, the serial, serial killer? killer? Yes. Yeah, in Chicago. Yes. He built a whole a whole hotel to kill, kill people. people. That's right. Yeah. Of course <laughs> I've heard about that. Um what was H. H. Holmes? H. H. Holmes, yes. Yeah. Um, but it was it was like one of the more like impressive world's fairs that had ever existed at that time. They built <laughs> well. they built a whole um city, the white the white city. And then uh, lots of people died. <laughs> but this isn't funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> um, what else here? Is it is it more death? Um, also, oh no, he was a big fan of the Hotel del Coronado in San Diego. <sighs> so that was part of it as well. Um, and. Uh, they, he, some people think that he based Oz itself off of Australia. A lot of people ca- call Australia Oz. That's true. So was that before the movie? That was a thing. What? I yeah. I Calling guess, Australia. I Oz. guess so. Yeah. Um, and it says here, like Australia, Oz is an island continent somewhere to the. Um, I guess in the book it makes it clear that Oz is an island continent somewhere to the west of California and inhabited. Um, Regions bordering on a great desert. So do you want to talk about recasting? Okay, so with recasting, I had a hard time because a couple things. Like, one, I don't want to see this movie remade. Number mm-hmm. two, um, I you texted me. You texted me about the Wicked movie casting. Oh, we can talk about that. And... So it's going to be Cynthia Erivo. Cynthia Erivo. And Ariana, Ariana Grande. Grande. Yes. I have not seen Wicked, but I understand it is related to... I mean, it's about the witch's perspective, right? Right. It is yeah. a um, an unauthorized... Uh, what do they call it? Sure. An unauthorized prequel to... Uh, it's the backstory for the, the both of these witches. Yeah, it's it's just written from the villain's right perspective. It's one of those. And I am honestly, I did see Wicked once when it came through Nashville. Um, I've never seen it. It's fine. It's not my favorite thing. I feel like a lot of the a lot of the singing is just so high and so loud and shrill. I mean, I might get hate for this, but like, I'm just not a big wicked fan. But but so this opened with it was Christian Chenoweth and, and Adina, Adina Menzel, Adele Dazim, Adele Dazim, yeah. And this was her first big role after Rent. 
Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. she yeah. was, um, she was Maureen. Yes. She originated Ma- yes. Maureen. Yes, yes, on yes, Broadway. yes, yes. Um, and this was like her. I mean, star making role after her breakout performance in Rent. Right. Okay. Um, but I am very excited. I think that like, if anyone can make those songs sound like less annoying, it's Cynthia Revo. I think that uh, that'll be great. Oh my goodness! Um, Again, I haven't seen any of, of it, so of, I don't know. A lot of people are like annoyed with Ariana's casting. I don't see a problem with it. I okay. I don't have a problem with it. Ariana was the first person, and I think because I knew that she had just been cast in Wicked, that just got the idea of Ariana into my mind, and I couldn't. Couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it. It was, yeah, and it was hard for me to, same kind of thing. She is an actress. Yeah. Um, Yeah, she is. I mean, she grew up doing the Disney Nickelodeon whatever thing. She was on two Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. She had, um, she was on Victorious, and then she had uh, her own spinoff from that show That's how they all do it. Um, But I had a similar issue, I mean, not just with Ariana and Cynthia Erivo, but... um, I kept thinking about that movie <laughs> that they made like 10 years ago with James Franco and uh Oh my god, it was um okay, it's what they call a spiritual prequel. Uh-huh. Where it deals with the same world and it is inspired by the same material. But it's not meant to be continuous. It's not it's meant, not to, be meant directly... to be canon. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was called The Great and Powerful Oz. Right, 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 right. And I think James Franco was The was Great Oz. and Powerful Oz. Michelle Williams was Glinda. And I same thing happened to me when and I was trying to do... Re- Mila Kunis. Right, yes. Mila Kunis was... Um, there were a lot of people witch. in it. Like, yeah. a lot of big names in yeah. it. Yeah. A lot. I mean, it was a big, huge budget movie. Yeah. Um, but I had a similar issue when I when I kept thinking of, like, who could be Glinda? And I kept think, thinking, oh, you know what? What about Michelle Williams? It's right. Like, oh, because... it's because I had already thought of yeah, her as... exactly. What about Kate Blanchett? As Glinda? Yeah. So I think But can, can she sing? She's a little... I don't know if she can sing. But I don't she's, uh, she's a little stoic for me for that role. But, no, I see it. I see that. Um, yeah. I had uh, Jane Krakowski. Always. Um, I said, obviously, I don't think this would happen, but like Beyonce is a very beautiful, peaceful presence, you know? She would be a great Glinda. Yeah. Glinda. In Wicked, her, her name starts out as Galinda, and then she changes it to Glinda. Okay. And I it, like they, that they at least acknowledge <laughs> how strange it is. Um, what about, okay, for Wicked Witch mm-hmm. of the West, who do you have? Um, I had a couple of ideas. Um, I said Maya Rudolph. Okay. Yeah. No, I love Maya Rudolph. She's so good at, honestly, Everything. Yeah. I mean, she can do a straight role. She can do a comedic, villainous role. I I, I I I don't really know anything that Maya Rudolph can't do. I think the thing about this role is that it has to be someone that will, like, dive in 
completely really you know, own it has to have a lot of commitment which is why i said my rudolph and Kristen wig sure what about christine baranski Ooh, mm. i love christine baranski and also okay so this this is a marvel thing and i know you watched a little bit of wandavision yeah and you you're probably aware that Catherine Hahn was kind of the the scene stealer. Yeah, for that she whole could be show. wicked witch, right? Maybe that's too on the nose now that she's been Agatha. I um, mean, I think we don't have to worry about that in our fictional sure, world. Exactly. Um, I, we know she can do it. I think she would be great. Catherine Hahn and it doesn't as matter. the Wicked Witch I don't know if she can sing, but yeah. it doesn't matter because she no, doesn't No, she sing. can. She sings on WandaVision. No, but I'm saying that the character doesn't sing. Oh, sure. Yeah, so no, that's correct. Yeah. That is true. But we should give her a song. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Catherine Hahn singing Wicked Witch. And then Done. I, I had an idea for an actress that could do both. I mean, obviously, yeah. Who could do either? Okay. Um, which was Kiki Palmer. <gasps> I was thinking of Kiki Palmer really? for Dorothy. Oh, she's a little. She's like twenty eight, though. I but she looks very young. She does look very young. She looks very young. But she, I think, um, she could. She's so beautiful. She could do Glinda, but she has like enough like growl and com- oh my God. commitment she's, to do Wicked Witch. She's way too young to be either of the witches, I think. Okay. I think. Also, I think that we want... Now, I, I get what... I, I get what you're saying, because Dorothy is a young character, but also her male counterparts are too old. Yeah. For a 16-year-old. Well, they're not supposed to be. And she's actually supposed to be, she's supposed to be like 12. Yeah. So it's it's too. It's hard. Mm-mm. It was hard to no. cast because like, who knows any, you know, 12 year old actors. No, there was I supposed had... to be a romantic um, element. What? In the script between, it was supposed to be really, um, really subtle, uh-huh. but it was supposed to be Dorothy and uh, Scarecrow. Ew. Like, at the end of the movie, it was going to end with him going off to agricultural college or something to, like, learn more about uh, farming. And there was an implied exchange between her and him where she was going to say something along the lines of, like, be sure to write me, I'll wait for you, something like that. Hopefully that was before it was, that was in the script before it was cast. Yeah, no, I think it <laughs> was. I think it was the last draft that got refinished mm-hmm. right before they finalized. Okay. Well, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> No, it that's true. No, it is. Um, it's very horrible. I that's did, all there's really to say about it, I guess. Um, I did have a couple of ideas for Dorothy, and one of them, when, when I feel like this is going to keep coming up, when it, I, it wasn't Zendaya. But Zendaya. But she could. But she could. I, I, there were some people that I intentionally left off of here because we always, you know. Um, but I did say Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo. 
Mm, thumbs down. Um, and then my other idea was Ava Noblezada. She is the girl. Um, she's the lead in Hades Town. Okay. I think I sent you sent you the clip of her. I didn't watch it. Kelsey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but she is incredible, and she's very. She's twenty five, but she's very young looking. She's got an incredible voice. Okay, I'll it, watch it. I'll watch it. Okay, it it works. But um, uh, yeah, I think on Olivia Rodrigo, I love her, but just uh, no, not experienced enough. I mean, how much experience are you gonna have? At that age. Sure. Yeah, I guess it, it's a matter of do we want to cast Dorothy as a 16-year-old or as an obvious adult? Ch- or an obvious child. But, yeah, she was 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't mm-hmm. make – her being an adult wouldn't make any sense with, like, running away from home. You know, I don't know. It's tough. Um, but I did have some ideas for um, – and these are kind of interchangeable, like you know, like we do with these, and they include a lot of um, familiar names. Uh, but for Scarecrow, I said Harry Styles. Okay. And uh, James Marston. Mmm, I love him. Um, Harry Styles is like too pretty for all that makeup. But I feel like he's got like he like he's got a lanky like silly thing. By about the way, him. the guy that wound up playing the scarecrow, and he fall for that role. Yeah. Um. He was left with permanent scarring from the mask. Really? Yeah. The mask wasn't porous at all. Yeah. So it was like this like rubber like plastic. Uh, prosthetic, like full face prosthetic that he had to put on. Was it like glued on with like? Yeah, and more or less, uh, he he wound up getting like indentations, like in the shape of burlap. Oh. Around his mouth and his cheeks, like the more sensitive parts. Yeah. Of his face. Yeah. More lifelong injuries no seriously like all of, like all of them had serious lifelong injuries because of this movie jesus anyway <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing that to harry styles uh for tin man i had a couple of ideas um i thought donald glover might be like an inspired choice mm, no I'm pass. Okay. I love Donald Glover too much for that. <laughs> okay. I'm not trying to poison any of them. We're not using we're not using the the face prosthetics and aluminum paint from the original I movie. I look at him as more of a starring starring uh, okay. starring actor. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't choose any like well, here okay. Um I also said that um the lion could be Jack Black. I also yeah. said that Will Ferrell yeah. came came to my mind. I also said that Jack Black could be the wizard. Um or sure. the yeah. wizard could be Jim Broadbent. Jim Broadbent. Ziedler. Oh, right. Yes, Jim Broadbent. Mm-hmm. Ziedler from Moulin Rouge mm-hmm. and and what else has he done? He's done so many things. Um what was the one that, that we talked about this that he was not he was like nominated for an Oscar the same year as Moulin Rouge for that movie? Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. Um, was that it, was so long ago. I know. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen could do any of these. He could do 
I think I think all of these actors are too big for it, though. You know what I mean? I mean, okay. I wasn't like going for. I'm not trying to fight with you. Okay. I'm just sharing my opinion. Sure. But I wasn't like trying to choose like B listers. <laughs> it's a fantasy. It's not... no. We can only afford B actors <laughs> for this project. Do you have anything else to add, Kelsey? <laughs> to this? <laughs> no. Um. I. I want to give the film an overall score. Ooh, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. This is tough. I'm going to say uh, five wizards. <laughs> Out of? <laughs> Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> this one is tough because it's, it's hard to rate in this way because... It, it is I really, such... It's its 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 own thing. Yeah, and honestly, I really hadn't seen it since... I don't even know how long it's been, like, since I was Me a neither. kid. Me neither. And so, like, coming back to it, it's like... Really didn't, ha- didn't, like, hit me, like, emotionally at all in any sort of way. Um, I'm going to give it... Um, uh, let's see. I'm going to give it three out of five asbestos snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it to mean you don't you don't hate it, but you you don't love it. I I was surprised with my um, uh, with my takeaway from it. Yeah. Watching it. Um, it's not I mean, obviously, it's a classic. You, 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 without without this, you wouldn't have uh, over the rainbow, you know, Um and I understand why it's a classic. It kind of still... sounds like you're saying it's a classic because I have to acknowledge it's a classic. I mean, y- your answer was very non-committal. <laughs> well, you're right. I was hoping you wouldn't call me out on it. Um. Did, so I mean, that's I mean, that's how I feel. I. I, I Look, I, will I watch it again? No. <laughs> I won't. I won't watch it again. Um, Did I enjoy it? Yes. Do I want to know more about it? I don't. Yeah. I'm it, done. It, I'm done with The Wizard of Oz. It was a, a, a pretty, uh, considering the subject matter, a very heavy thing to research. Yeah. I'm, I'm just real bummed out. I'm real bummed out about Judy Garland. Oh, God. What a... F- sad story so um so good next news month. is we're gonna do another judy garland <laughs> we've only touched on her life up to 16 now we can go even further we can deep dive into the the end years <sighs> for christmas actually you know what and, and this is just a little uh a little preview for next time we're doing um meet me in st louis but this uh, historians and even she acknowledged that the period of time during Meet Me in St. Louis was one of the happiest of her life. So we have that to look forward to. So I'm. Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. Ring, ring, ring. All right, we'll get there next time. 
So thank you for joining us. Welcome back to The Hills Are Alive, and we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram. Yes. At The Hills Are Alive Pod. And thanks once again to uh, We Own This Town for having us, as always. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. And then they all died. (laughs) 